everybody, and welcome to episode nine of Comics and Kaiju. Joining me today is, of course, Cameron Miller and guest host TJ Bowser. How's it going, bro? Hey, yo, what's up, motherfuckers? Yo, so happy to have you here, bro. How you doing? So happy to be on here. You know, one of my favorite podcasts on the network. Love Thanks, producing man. the show, Thanks, love man. editing it, and love uh, guest hosting it. Cameron, oh, love to hear. Yo, what's, what's up? up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> much just chilling vibing yeah um, we got we got video we got video yes. our <laughs> very first video episode. i'm so excited yes sir yes sir we got we got viewers too looks like we got a youtube we got a couple facebook people up on there so yes, sir. comments will appear so anybody from facebook or youtube uh pop a comment down there now i can pop absolutely. it up on the screen these boys are willing to interact with their listeners so absolutely take it away absolutely. quarter j well today we got probably one of the best shark movies i've ever seen uh yeah, TJ, I'm saying it's better than Jaws. <laughs> you will fuck yourself, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bro, I mean, you can't beat having Jason Statham as the main character, all right? Like, that's just a hard bar to hit, okay? Mm-hmm. So so we watched The Meg 2018. The movie's basically just about this, uh, like, explorer team led by this stupid billionaire guy that's, like, pointlessly retarded. Swear to God. And okay, we'll, we'll talk about him. I have a bone to pick with that character. Say what? I have a bone to pick with that character. <laughs> I, I'm sure you guys come up with slow. So they're basically uh, exploring the bottom of the Mariana Trench, and they find out that what they believed was a gas, like a thermal cloud, was like masking what the true bottom of the trench really is. It was like, oh, a, uh, so like the bottom of the trench is mm-hmm. like a, a Tupperware container. Yeah, and they took the lid off. They they just cracked it and sniffed it. Yeah, but but just enough. But just enough to let you know the mag out. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it, it was a great movie. All right, like I had fun watching it. Okay, and, yeah. And I was not expecting Jason Statham because I have never seen any like I, I remember seeing one advertisement for this movie and it was oh, just for shark oh. on like the shore. Wait, you guys see that? What? Do you guys see? Oh, here, here, retro merch? Oh, is that oh, retro, retro merch? Bro, I remember I remember when TJ came up with that design. Oh, the holy retro trinity. Merch, baby. Bro. That really was. That really was the holy That's trinity. A hot design, man. I yeah. dig it. Bro, so badass. Oh, gotta so, the Meg, right? Yeah. Uh based off the novel uh Meg, <laughs> a novel of deep terror. Uh, love the book. Um, I'd highly recommend that everyone should check out the book. Um, I think there are five, soon to be six, uh, books in the series. Okay. Um, I haven't finished the second one. Um, I don't do much of reading anymore. (laughs) Uh, but the book compared to the movie um was really really violent and gory um which when i saw the trailers starting to pop out for this movie i was like this this doesn't seem right and then when i saw that it was rated pg-13 i'm like this ain't gonna do well um i was really underwhelmed i mean it was good it was a good film if you've never seen the book all right, you're just hold looking, up, hold you're up. under underwhelmed, bro. Oh, scuba I was Steve, scuba Steve. <laughs> <laughs> bro, how you doing? But uh, oh, dude, John's joining us. Uh, probably our number one fan right there. 
<laughs> uh, I'd have to disagree with you there. I mean, like, underwhelmed with this movie. I mean, yeah, it had, like, a lot of, like, really slow building up momentum just to kind of, like, establish the setting and, you know, uh, Jason Statham character being, like, I'm against diving because of this accident that happened, you know, previously in the story, like, at the very beginning. And I feel like it did a really good job establishing everything before they just let the monster go loose. I mean, if you if you really think about it, it had the perfect format for a kaiju movie, you know? You had the discovery of it. You had, oh my God, what is it? Then you had, like, where they finally showed it one time and it kind of had a little bit of quick action there, kind of died down a little bit, and then it was Rampage. And I feel like that perfectly fits what we deem a kaiju movie. And I thought it had a really great momentum. Like a lot no, of character a, building. I actually, I was actually. Oh, the comedic moments. Characters. The action and comedic moments oh, are perfectly balanced. <laughs> yes. Everything. And the yes. sound design. Sorry, guys. I was promoting the show while trying to do the hosting. Yeah, we got you, man. We got you. Let me slide in here with a little uh, my two cents. Sprinkle that in whether you like it. Well, sorry. <laughs> two shekels. You can two thank shekels. me later. Thank uh, you. The, the movie is just perfectly balanced with, like, like I said, uh, scenes of action, scenes of comedy, and the sound design is immense. The movie is cinematic AF. Jason oh, Statham nails his role. Rain Wilson nails his role. Every you single person it. does their job. And can I tell you, the twist of the second Meg gave oh, me a half chubby. I was chubby. not expecting it. I was like, I was like, oh, just one shark, and then it killed it. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's, like, there's like a whole hour left to the movie. Like, what are they going to do? And then it was just second, even bigger Meg jumps on the boat. And I was like, Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> oh, dude, Brody's here. Favorite person. I believe. Kind of I think Jason out. was probably the best person that they could choose oh, for definitely. that main character role. Um, I mean, he he did what he always does, bro. He plays like the solid, like courageous main character, mm-hmm. and it it just perfectly worked for this movie. Yep. But yeah, like. Um, I don't know, man. I thought the momentum was perfect. Just the way everything was set up made sense. So, I, so why are you saying that, like, you know? Well, I went into this still remembering the book. Okay. So I was expecting things to be a little bit more in-depth and detailed. No, they didn't you, really... you got to go into this as the giant fucking shark with Jason Statham and Rain Wilson. Yeah, that's all they advertise. I, I mean, that giant shark I'm just saying. Jason Statham. I'm TJ like, really okay, just cool. hit this on the head. <laughs> um. There, you're looking too much into it. If we were on Goran Moore, you would be doing what we call hashtag overprocessing. You're thinking way too much into it. <laughs> yeah, this man. The shark movie, bro. <laughs> so this movie, right? A little backstory about this movie. This movie has been in production hell since the 90s, since the book came out in 97. It bounced between production companies and directors guillermo del toro was a part of it at one point eli well, roth was a part of it. i bet it does huh <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my every God. episode's um, like a fucking uh beat off fest to uh, del toro here it's like yeah uh it was even in new line cinema's hands at one point and they said Ooh, fuck boy. this and they didn't want to deal with it that was uh the meg goes to hell mm. <laughs> and then the love it, Meg love it. <laughs> Brody says that Statham's a little baby back bitch. 
All right, all right. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen a single movie that's had Jason Statham that wasn't made better by having Jason Statham. And I can only say that about a few actors. All right, that's like Ryan Reynolds, Jason Statham, Tom Cruise. Yeah, I said Tom Cruise. And yeah, that's it. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Even Green Lantern was good yep. because of Ryan Reynolds. Okay, if they were to cast anybody else, wouldn't have watched it. Wouldn't have. Uh, watched it. It's good enough to have a cameo in the Snyder Cut. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I want him back as Green Lantern. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he played such a good Hal Jordan. In a real suit. In a real suit, yes. Yeah. Not not, not absolute trash can CGI suit. Fair enough. So, moving on. Yes. Um, what did you guys think of the uh, effects? Did you think the shark looked good? Do you think it was I think the CGI good? lacked in a couple scenes, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it's it's also pretty damn good. Again, it's 2018, so CGI is pretty far along at this point. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's hit or miss, but I think for a majority of the scenes, the Meg looked really good. Oh, yeah, you look beautiful. Or she, I don't know. Yeah, they were... I, I also really liked the uh, like the set pieces that they used for the underwater, like, lab area, like all those tubes and stuff, you know? Super rad. Super oh, rad. dude, that was so mm-hmm. badass. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, I, this is just beautiful right here. Like from a, a production sta- from a production design standpoint, it's immense. Oh, dude! I mean, yeah. even without looking at it through that filter, you know, I just I loved it. Like it was it was such a great look for the lab itself. Yeah, and it was sure. a really smart choice to do like the glass with like the the uh, I wouldn't even know what to call like the kind of like not really like netting, but like it, it was kind of styled like netting. Mm-hmm. You know, like the support columns and shit. Yeah, they were wrapped around it. Yeah, I really loved that design. I mean, I think the entire, uh, all the set pieces and all the the scenes and effects were pretty good overall. Like TJ said, there were a couple scenes where the CGI was a bit lacking, but it's nothing. If you're just going into the movie just to watch the movie, you shouldn't notice anything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like me where I'm just like, all right, what can I nitpick today? Uh huh. Yeah, Cameron, nitpicker. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, the movie itself, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. Like, I was watching it. I wasn't expecting to see, you know, Jason Statham. And I hadn't looked at the cast or crew or anything before watching this movie. I just fired it up on Amazon Prime and just watched it. Mm -hmm. And I was actually shocked to see, like, how many familiar faces I actually saw on the crew. I was like, like, it really made me wonder, like, how much they actually spent just on the cast, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, Cameron Miller's favorite, Ray, uh, Ruby Rose. Uh, not just Cameron Miller's, but all right. Look <laughs> <laughs> at him. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> hey, Cameron, maybe you should finish these notes while while Quarter Jay's talking. They are done. Uh, there, there's no budget runtime or uh, any of that. Or, or, or do I need to refresh? Oh, uh, yeah, there's a refresh. Yeah, it's there's really a budget and a runtime. Oh, look, there's fucking information now. <laughs> yeah. What about, what about them comics? What, what about them comics, Cameron? Oh, top of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> For the most part. Shit. But yeah, no, like, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, I, I feel like the scale of the Megalodon added just enough, like, awe factor. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever it's going over the, uh, over that little, like, glider that uh, the Asian chick was in. Yes. Wherever, dude, I was like, oh my God. It really allowed you to get a feel for the scale of it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. Great. It was really such a huge make- shark. Like, I was expecting it to be a pretty big shark, like maybe jaw size. But, dude, this thing, 
I mean, it was just massive from that point of view, you know? And there I mean, were so the many shots like that. It was just the Megalodon was that big. And it's kind of scary to think that at one point <laughs> that there was a shark <laughs> that existed at that size. Yeah. Oh, dude. Um, I would not be going swimming like ever. I, I would have I have like a phobia of the water. <laughs> uh another thing. It's kind of hard to tell in some shots, but it seemed like what they were doing with like the de- the design of the sharks, mm-hmm. they were more pale. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, they explain that being as the megalodons were living in the Mariana Trench for so long that they weren't exposed to sunlight, that they they basically became albino. Oh. Um, which I kind of wish they would have went on with that mm-hmm. and discussed why they kind of look a little different. Cause especially when like the, the first Megalodon that they captured is hanging there, it looks sort of like a, an off white kind of yellow color. Uh, and I wish they would have explained like, it, it looked like that to me. It was like a, almost like a, a cream color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I was hoping that they were going to explain why they look like that. It's not a big deal. It makes I mean, the shark yeah. implied, you know. That's yeah. a lot of uh, story building and lore building to be like, yeah, hey, so, hey, man, you know that these guys kind of look, kind of look funny, you know, kind of yeah, colored funny. Oh, I know not... why they're colored funny because of so and so at certain depth and once they're at a certain time and for this see, amount of time, the light doesn't reach them. And... See, and the only area that I could see them even squeezing that in is when uh, Jason Statham first gets everybody rescued and they're sitting in that meeting and yeah, the Asian chick is talking name. about the anatomy. But like, even then, I don't really know like a good spot Sales where- skin is very important to the mission. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just don't see a point where they'd be like, yeah, but why are they so fucking pale? Like, yeah. you know, they'd be like, all right, so why the fuck is it aggressive? I could see that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was one scene in the book that they had at the beginning of the book that I was really hoping that they would mm-hmm. open uh, for the movie. And it's in the Cretaceous period. And a Megalodon attacks and kills a T-Rex. What the fuck? Yeah. That would have been a badass opening. See, I, I never read any of these books. Like, I didn't know. That it was like based on how the- does it, can you explain that scenario and how that would happen? So basically, what happened is T Rex was chasing uh, some other dinosaur, some herbivore, and it was it, being as it's smaller than the T Rex, it doesn't weigh as much, so it went farther into the water, and the T Rex got stuck in the sand. It sunk into the sand because of its weight, and the herbivore left the water, sensing danger. And the megalodon charges at the T Rex in shallow waters, and I think it tears its legs off. And then last thing you see is the T Rex's head as it drags it underwater, and then it cuts to Jason's character. So that would imply that megalodons can swim backwards. Well, no, yeah, yeah it no, no, I, no, no. Yeah. Explain to me how. Explain to me how it works then. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'll explain hey, it to hey, you. They paddle left, right instead of right, left. No, no. It, <laughs> like it's right there on the shore. It goes somewhat. No, you just water. said it got stuck in the sand. Yeah, it's the sand under the water. The T Rex isn't so far out that it's swimming. But the megalodons of considerable enough size that it would get beached rather easily, especially with the size comparison of a T Rex. 
Not only that, but like Shark Tide is. I read the book like five years ago. How far is this drop off? And is this on like on the ledge of a drop off? What's the depth difference? Earlier, logistically, logistically, (laughs) this this megalodon has to be able to swim backwards to pull an animal off of land and then go back, like uh, an alligator or a crocodile or an eel. But I I just don't see sharks, you know, reaching up grabbing people from the shore. And then swimming back because they can't swim back. <laughs> Cameron's like, I've met my mortal enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it, it's a question whenever uh, for that story is asked. Because <laughs> no, then it's a, it, it's a fish out of water attacking something that doesn't leave in water. You know, The T-Rex was at neck height in the water and its feet are stuck in the sand. Do we know a Nick Brooks? Uh, a Nick Brooks, I do. Uh, uh, he's about to ruin this comment section. That would be one of my reenacting buddies. Ah, uh, gotta plug the merch again. Love it. Can't wait till mine comes in. <laughs> right. So back to the movie itself, though, yeah. Cameron. You were saying that like you wish it was more violent, more gory, like. I wouldn't necessarily say more violent because the film itself is already pretty violent. Um, I was hoping for more uh, suspenseful scenes. Mm. Um, oh, like in Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I, I said this movie is <laughs> Jaws. My camera, my camera. All right. I'm saying this movie is better. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like Jaws. <laughs> right? Oh my god! I think you broke Cameron for a second. I think I think you straight up had like the little dot dot dot. Just what the fuck? <laughs> Cameron.exe has stopped responding. <laughs> Hold on. Like, Control it. Delete. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got to pull up Task Manager in the task real quick. <laughs> um, I was actually surprised that it was rated PG thirteen with the amount of gore that we did see mm-hmm. you know like we saw the dead whale and mm-hmm. all the intestines we oh, saw yeah. plenty of get eaten oh, that's, a lot. An- that, that's fake animal gore that's not human yeah oh yeah sure like that gets a fucking pass I mean, there wasn't a lot of human gore well like, they're getting eaten whole i'd have to say the only time that i really remember seeing any human gore was whenever they were on that boat and like they were seeing the wreckage and they pulled that one dude's arm out and it, they only showed it for like yeah. a couple of frames they pulled they pulled the guy's hand out, and then the one girl stabbed during the accident. Um, yeah, but you don't really get to see the wound all that much. You don't really see the wound all that much. Um, you see uh, the, I forget his name, the the one guy, he gets eaten while he's hanging on the whale carcass. And I mean, I'm hand. just saying, Avengers Endgame was PG-13, and that featured two decapitations, so... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think it was my turn to break Cameron and I worked. Stop breaking me. <laughs> so back to the movie. Damn it. So back to the movie. Uh, I, I want to talk about like what I believe the best scene in the entire movie was, which is like a little bit before that halfway point, before they even kill the first Meg. I'd have to say that like whenever they're back in the lab and everybody's up there discussing it, Jason Statham is in his like quarters or whatever, because he's pissed off at the billionaire douchebag. And the little girl is like playing with that little ball. Like she's got that little ball rolling across. the yes. lab. I love that scene. Cause like, you know, you, 
you as a viewer know that something's about to happen. You're like, wait a minute. Are they going to cross that line? Are they really going to like show it? Oh, so, so they're building smart. suspense. Yeah, building oh. suspense. <clears throat> I thought and they did build suspense in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they didn't build suspense. <laughs> but, but I have to say, I have to say, like me watching that movie, or sorry, that scene, like my mind just for an instant flashed over to like The Shining, whenever he's riding that little tricycle in the hallway. Reference is the only other horror movie he knows. <laughs> I, I've seen the first Nightmare on Elm Street. All right. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know two horror movies. Two. And I've seen The Conjuring. But uh, anyway, and I love Stephen King, man. Come on. Come on. I don't know horror movies, but I know my books a little bit. So just that scene whenever the ball is, like, rolling and she's walking and she goes into that, like, like past all the plastic sheeting and stuff, and she's facing the camera, and you can just see, like, the outline of the Meg just get bigger and bigger and bigger and then like you could start making out like its face and its snout and shit and it just fucking bites the, the like snout <laughs> snout yeah bites the fucking tube and oh my god dude that scene itself i was like just such a masterpiece of a scene you get to you get the whole scale of it you get like how wide its jaws can go because of the indents left on the glass and shit and i, I just thought that scene was magnificent of a scene to record and props to them for making that. I really like the uh, the scene where the Meg starts to swallow the shark cage. While oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm being swallowed. <laughs> they're like, Fuck. That's the problem. The cage isn't breaking. I'm being swallowed with it. <laughs> yeah, that, that scene was really good. She's like, oh, I got to take my shirt off. Oh. <laughs> so, I mentioned it before, the whole reveal that there's a second Meg eating the first one. That's just too rad. Oh, yes. It's like a false ending halfway through the movie. It's I know. Because, like, everybody's just like, oh, my God, we made it. And then, you know, they got, they got like, the thing. They're I, taking pictures of it and then just boom. <laughs> I, I knew they were both going to die, but I didn't want – was the uh, the two nerdy characters. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude. Dude. The Asian guy and then the bearded guy. My boy Tashi, bro, he did not deserve it, all right? He was the best out of everybody on there. He was more brave than Jason Statham, all right? <laughs> yeah, I really and you can't even argue with me on that that man no hesitation reached in his notebook grabbed the letter that he wrote for his wife put it in his buddy's pocket sent his buddy up closed the hatch and told him to fuck off so that they could get out of there and then he turns on all the lights knowing that he was about to die oh dude i was like mad respect for that guy right there like you know for not having much real development with that character or like attachment for that character i really liked the way he was made like he was just a nerdy dude that liked sex jokes, and then oh, you know, he got he got to show what his of us, what of us, what of us. But no, it was like it was like you really got to see his true colors whenever you know, without hesitation, mm -hmm. disconnected the hatch and sent them off so that they could get out of there. And he turned on his lights to get the Meg's uh, attention, and literally just ultimate sacrifice himself to save his friends. And I thought that was a really Really touching scene. Probably the most meaningful death in the entire movie, though. Just sliding that out there. <laughs> Cameron, you going to argue me on that one? Come on. 
Nope. Usually got an argument with this. Uh, he's now he's still rebooting. He's still yeah. rebooting. Oh yeah, we broke him twice in a row. Uh, we stuck the magnet on his the magnet on his floppy drive. He's uh, uh yeah, he's like, going through a rough time. Definitely. Uh, so where are we at, boys? Uh, let's talk about our favorite characters. So that's a good one. Rain Wilson character. One. He's a perfect uh, billionaire douchebag. Oh, dude, he did he did great as a billionaire douchebag. Mm-hmm. I hated him so much, and I feel like that's why it was so good. That's, that's the point. <laughs> there were there yeah there were a couple scenes where I'm like, dude, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you liked him as much as you liked Dwight, that would be against the point. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's true. I mean, I I'm not really big on The Office. Not gonna lie, I never could get into it. But fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd have to say my favorite character was honestly uh, the Asian dude, like uh, the main Asian chick's dad. I forget his name right now, but he was like, he was the one that like created the whole lab and all that using the billionaire's money. Like he fronted all the research and stuff, you know, like he created it all basically. The reason that I really like him is because he got really philosophical there whenever they killed the first Meg and he was like standing on the boat, just looking off in the distance and he said that line, uh, what was it? He was like, uh, we did everything that man has always done. We discovered and then we destroyed. And I just thought that that added like a lot of depth to, to him, you know, just being a scientist character. I thought that was really cool that he's not just like some madman or like, you know, we'll go through any links to accomplish his goal or whatever. He actually like feels bad for it, you know? Like he, he's like, you know, it's actually my responsibility that, uh, a species thought to be extinct is now actually extinct. Little did he know there was another one about to kill him, but you know, <laughs> shit happens. You know, just an average Friday. So, Cameron, what, what was your favorite character, man? Um, it's probably gonna be Jason Statham's character. Um, he played a great Jonas Taylor. Um, is he in the I book? Yeah, because I don't know much about the book, so, like, was he in it? Or? Yeah, let, let us know what the uh, comparisons between the character is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes. So, Jonas Taylor is the character that is played by uh, Jason Statham. Okay. Because um, he, he, I kind of imagine, I can't really imagine the character being played by anyone else other than Jason. Um because he played such like a rough, uh, no fucking around character. Yeah, he's John. Uh, he's like uh, Johnny Rico at the end of Starship Troopers. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, I think he played the role fucking perfect. Um, I kind of wish they would have. Because he, throughout the film, he always seems to be like terrified of the water. Did they build up to that? They're like, oh yeah, he's absolutely insane and terrified of like going back into the water, but they really don't flesh it out. He kind of just like overcomes his fear in like a five minute scene, and then he's that's that. Um, because it's not like that in the book. Throughout the book, he's constantly afraid of going back into the water. Um, so it causes issues throughout the book. Uh, but I mean. It's kind of hard to cram everything from the book into, you know, a 113-minute movie. 
I mean, yeah, that's fair. That That's always the problem that's made with any movie adaptation of a book. You know, they cut certain things, they change certain things. Yeah. I mean, it's just, honestly, it's just a fucking sad truth that happens. There's some cases where the movie ends up better, and there's some cases where the movie ends up worse. Give me an example, Matthew! Where uh, the movie was better than the book? Yes. Christine. Stephen, Ooh, King. Stephen King's Christine. Oh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Jurassic Park. I, I hadn't read the Jurassic Park books. Um, but I felt like Stephen King's movie... Ooh, Revenge of the Sith. Jaws. No, the book's better than the, the movie, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I, I need to read it then. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean... I don't know. That's just kind of where we're stuck at whenever it comes to books and movies. You know, there's somewhere it's good, there's somewhere it's bad, and we yeah. always love when it's better, but it's really hard for them to do. Especially, like, with, you know, people are comparing it so hardcore. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the Duke Nukem, uh, uh, that for- Duke Nukem Forever game that came out that was stuck through hell. It got put through so many fucking... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that, that, that game, it was fun for what it was. Yeah. But oh my god, bro! <laughs> like it was fun for like a few hours or until you beat it, and then it was like, all right, I'm never touching this again. I'm in my opinion. Again. In, in my opinion. <laughs> so, uh, what did you think about the movie, TJ? What's uh, I said most of my stuff. Uh, I said at the uh, opening of the show, but again, this movie. I watched it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Extremely fun to watch. Extremely entertaining. Every character is just on point for me. And yeah, I have no really big qualms with the film at all. Mm-hmm. I think that other than a couple shoddy CGI spots and some uh, cliche horror film moments, yeah. it's a pretty watchable film. I mean, it's not going to be like super memorable. I probably yeah. won't have like a special edition of the Meg sitting on the old uh, Blu-ray <laughs> shelf anytime soon. But it was a fun experience in the theaters for sure. And I'm sure, uh, I think I've watched it with my daughter actually since then. So yeah, from what I remember at each viewing was pretty damn good. See, I can understand that. Uh, I actually got to say the one thing that I kind of appreciated about this movie compared to other Kaiju movies that we've reviewed on this podcast is, uh, I felt there was a lot deeper character development and character attachment than there was in, for instance, Godzilla, uh, King Kong. Uh, I wouldn't really say Pacific Rim because that one was, you know, you had a lot of character development in that one and character attachment. But compared to like the movies that we have watched, you know, this is this is the only one. Like Reptilicus, almost none. I, I could not get attached to a single character in Reptilicus. I didn't but, expect. Any character attachment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the characters were just like, what the fuck are you doing? That was a damn good episode, though. Oh, dude, it was a great episode. I love our Reptilicus episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just really liked the... I don't really know how to put it. Like, just the way the characters kind of reached out to the viewer compared mm-hmm. to some of these other ones. Because some of the other ones, they were just kind of static, you know? Whereas these ones, I mean... They just kind of flowed to me. I don't know. Like, I really appreciated that. In a oh, moment. I just realized you guys put out two episodes this week. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what Reptilicus, that was like two days ago. 
<laughs> but yeah like I, I don't know for that reason like i feel like i feel like this is one of the better monster movies that we've watched just okay. because of the amount of character development and attachment you, okay have. here's a question you like this better than pacific rim no no good choice i i, I love pacific rim pacific rim I, I, I'm going to be 100% with the viewers. Uh, Pacific Rim was my first actual kaiju movie. Okay. okay. Uh, I wasn't, like, really big into kaiju before all this. Like, I, I had briefly seen, like, a glimpse of Godzilla growing up whenever I lived at my grandpa's house because he always watched it, you know? But I just never really, like, sat down and, like, fully watched one all the way or got, like, really into it. And this platform has really given an opportunity to kind of see what I missed out on. And I got to say... Pacific Rim is still my favorite just because it was my first. And I really like giant monster fight giant robot. I feel like, yes. it's, a, I feel like hey, it's a lovely theme. <laughs> you know what we can announce on the show? What's up? Our Patreon is now live. Our Patreon is now live? Patreon.com slash Project Louder. Two exclusive podcasts are now available. $5 is all it costs to become a certified jive turkey. Uh, w- w- when you become a certified jive turkey... You get access to exclusive content. You get a Patreon shout out. You get exclusive interviews. You get live Q&A sessions. And you get one-on-one interaction with all Project Louder cast and crew. So head on over to patreon.com slash Project Louder and become a jive turkey today, baby. Gobble, gobble. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys want to ask us questions about comics, kaijus, or just about the podcast in general, hop on over to Patreon. Five doll hairs, you get everything. Access to everything. You might even see Cameron's butthole. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if I like you enough. If you maybe. okay, there we go. That'll be on our uh, comics and kaijus only fans. There we go. There we go. <laughs> It'll be just Cameron's that's, butthole. Uh, that's OnlyFans slash Mothra mommy. I want my moth pussy, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I want that as a shirt. Where's my moth pussy? <laughs> I'm not signing off on that shirt. No. <laughs> oh my Is God. that a cocoon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From this angle, it looks like one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so uh what what do we think about the cinematography? Like I mentioned it a little bit with that oh, one scene that I thought was amazing with you know, the corridor. Yeah, I, I just I feel like everything was on point. I mean, yeah, there were kind of like a few moments where I was like, the CGI for that could have been a little better. Yeah, but there were there were also moments where like that, that heavily relies on the VFX team at that point. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I'd have to say the uh, okay, the, you know why the cinematography looks good? What same guy who did letters from Iwo Jima and Flags of Our Fathers? Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, old Tom Stern. Uh, Yeah, the same guy. That's amazing. I mean, that explains why we got such like really just amazing. Uh, He also did the new RoboCop. Did he really? Yes, sir. I I was. Oh, yeah, chief lighting technician on Spaceballs. I love Spaceballs, but I wasn't a big fan of the new RoboCop. Yeah. Hey, you you may hate it. But he looks rad. 
Oh, dude, he looks badass. I love the design of his suit was amazing. Yeah, but it, it, I don't know. I just wasn't a big fan. Not of it Fuck it, eh? Absolutely, guys. So let's talk about this budget and how much it made at box office. Cameron, I'm gonna let you take this one away, bro. Yeah, it had a great turnout. Great turnout. Um, a budget of uh, 178 million and a Star Wars budget. 530 million dollars. That's not a Star Wars uh, uh, gross, though. Uh, that's about half of a typical Star Wars film. Jesus. Still does pretty good for a yeah. fucking short movie. For a horror film? Holy fuck. <laughs> but then again, that budget's pretty massive. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. You don't see a lot of horror films with that type of budget unless it's like a, oh. a Kong or a Godzilla-type film. Mm-hmm. Something that's heavy CGI like this. Mm-hmm. That's probably where most of that budget went, if we're going to be honest. I don't know. They had a bunch of big actors in it, though. Like a yeah, lot of memorable true. faces. It probably it probably helped with, you know, having Jason Statham, you know, being right there. For yeah. His name. yeah. He's a pretty big character. I, I know people that, honestly, I could think of that would definitely watch it just because Jason Statham's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking A. <laughs> Well, I think we talked about the premise a bunch. I think that, yeah. like, you know, most of this we, we've already talked about and encapsulated. But oh, like, definitely. It, it, it's a unique mm-hmm. story, but then again, at times it feels like we've been here. We've done that. We've seen this. Oh, it definitely. But I think like we talked about the characters really kind of allow them to get away with this type of story mm-hmm. because they're so engaging and they're so memorable. So. Yeah. Every character was very memorable. Um, they were all likable. There wasn't a character where you're just like, uh, this guy is pointless. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like they all had a unique part to play. For sure, man. Fucking So, uh, let's get down to giving this, uh, movie our final rating. TJ, what did you think of it? Zero to 10. What'd you think? Do you have a rating system yet worked out? Ah, just one to ten, really. Okay, so one out of ten baby Godzillas. There you go, Cameron. Uh, Let's give this a seven. A seven? A seven out of ten baby Godzillas. And you know what I'll do? I'll see if I can get you a graphic for that. Definitely, dude. Oh, if we get that on a T-shirt? Wow, magnifique. So, Cameron... What did you think about this movie? I know you had your bit of a hot take there at the beginning where you were yeah, kind of iffy on this movie. Yeah. I knew going in that it wasn't going to be like the book. Um, so I had to like put, kind of try and put that part of me, you know, aside and not be a total fucking prick about it. <laughs> um, I would give it a 7 out of 10 as well. 7 um, out of 10? It was very entertaining. I feel like you know, it's something. It definitely has rewatch value, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of hold very high over a lot of things because I don't want to watch a movie and be like, "Well, I never want to touch this again." That was that. Yeah. yeah. See, uh, I'm gonna have to go a little different from you guys. I just one step higher. I, I do believe that this movie kind of deserves an eight out of ten, just because like the big name actors that we had the. Their acting all felt on point. The character development was great. The way that they reached out to me, it was just on a whole nother level from these other kaiju movies that we watched. Uh, the different scenes that showed like the Meg in action were amazing. Like the beach scene, whenever he's swimming under everybody and you could just see how huge 
he is. I, I feel like I feel like that kind of carried the movie just that extra mile, and I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun with this. Like I said, second best movie I think we've reviewed, other than Pacific Rim, just because of character development among other things. What's the uh, what's that? What's uh, the average rating of that then? I'd have to say. No, what was that? Seven, eight, and what was Cameron's? Seven, seven as well. So it'd probably be like a seven point five, huh? Or. 7.3? Yeah. 7. 7. 7. Yep. So that's so our that, rating on this movie. I mean, I definitely recommend it to other people to watch. It's definitely an enjoyable movie if you like, you know, Monster Go Burr, <laughs> which is what we do here on Comics and Kaiju. I mean, like I said from the beginning, it follows the good format that we've seen in the other Kaiju movies that we've done where you have the initial discovery, you have uh, the what the fuck is this thing, to the oh my god we discovered what it is and now it's trying to kill us to just full rampage scene and it was i feel like it checked all the boxes for fucking a one of those movies i enjoyed it so even though tj got his commercial in for the patreon i gotta plug the rest of us in real quick <clears throat> with our commercial break and tell you guys to make sure and check out our t republic or sorry t public site it is linked in the projectlouder.net website. And from what I just saw that TJ did, it is also commented, or sorry, it's listed in our comment section. Make sure and check that out. Don't just buy comics and kaiju merch. Definitely it's actually a link to uh, the Give Me the Saw shirt, to be specific. Oh, buy our Give Me the Saw shirt, honestly. <sighs> Amazing. But don't just give us support. Check out our other boys. I mean, I'm sure we've got... Gornmore with the bloody VHS tape. Be sure to check out all of our merch. Check it out, man. I mean, you never know. You might just find a badass jacket. People be like, hey, what's that? Oh, this is that cool podcast I listen to. You should check it out. They cover everything pop culture from A to Z. A to Z. And we got you covered. <laughs> we also got some <laughs> weird niche podcasts, like uh, oh, people who yes. talk about comics and kaijus at the same time. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, People who only talk about Ghoulies films or uh, or, or Beetleborgs who just talk about the Beetleborgs TV show from the 90s. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Check us all out. We all got our quirks. To well, what about a podcast where a dude that's really conceited so he makes a whole hour long about himself and the things that he likes? God, I wonder that How about that? Yeah. I mean, that dick is. <laughs> and you know, it'd be even worse if that podcast ranked 11 in, the, in all the country of Japan. That'd be even worse, right? <sighs> I wonder who that motherfucker is. Yeah, I guy must be a loser. <laughs> Bro, swear, to God, swear to God, I hear he's a neckbeard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, into our comic segment of the show, we reviewed a horror comic, which is the very first time that we have actually done it on the show. TJ personally sent us this comic and said, hey, fuckers, make sure and get this shit. So like, do we have any like backstory behind this a little bit so I can kind of like talk about it. So this is not widely available. Okay. This comic was first brought to my attention through a couple screen grabs and people trying to emulate the costumes of Jason. And I believe this would be, that would have been the first time that Cameron also saw it as well is the, the broken Jason mask. Yeah. The one yeah. where it's broken. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So the Freddy versus Jack. Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. The Nightmare Warriors is a six issue limited series book written by Jeff Katz and James Corick. 
written blah, blah, drawings by Jason Craig. The series was published by Dynamite Entertainment and DC Comics with imprint by Wildstorm beginning in August 2009 and concluding in December 2009. The Nightmare Warriors is a sequel to Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash, which was published in 2007 and was itself a sequel to the Freddy vs. Jason film. The series is a crossover between the Nightmare on Elm Street Friday the 13th and Evil Dead horror franchises. So the Nightmare Warrior sees Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees resurrected by the United States government, who wish to exploit the supernatural powers. However, the government is able unable to control them and the killers attempt to take over the world using the Necronomicon X Mortis. Meanwhile, Ash Williams joins forces with the Nightmare Warriors support group for people who have support survived encounters with freddy and or jason which consists of numerous established characters from the nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th franchises to defeat freddy and jason for good cats and Kohik wrote the sequel as an epic fanboy story and modeled the concept after the crisis events from dc comics woo 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 the titular Nightmare Warriors were designed as a Justice League-style superhero team. The writers attempted to write three separate mythologies and combine them into one coherent continuity. So, main characters, are you ready for this, Cameron? Yes. This will mean nothing to Quarter J. Yeah, unfortunately. Freddy, Jason Ash. Yes, yes. Maggie Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Neil Gordon. Stephanie Kimball. Stephen Freeman. Alice Johnson. Jacob Johnson, Rennie Wickham, Tina Shepard, Tommy Jarvis, and Nancy Thompson. I definitely knew those last three. Uh, Stephanie Kimball, uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Stephen Freeman, uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Yes. Yeah, I'm guessing a lot are going to be from Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, Alice Johnson is a nightmare on Elm Street. She is uh, the one that portrayed by Lisa Wilcox in number four. Jacob Johnson, I believe, is her... Not sure who Jacob Johnson is. Rennie Wickham. Uh, I don't know who Rennie is. Oh, Jason Takes Manhattan. That's right. He's the guy who survives uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. I don't know the names of these characters as well as I thought I did. <laughs> Maggie Burroughs is... Oh, she's just from these comics. Uh, Neil Gordon. And then here I am not knowing any of these except for... Appeared on Gordon. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. <laughs> Oh, to treat for Young Weston Hills. Okay, so like like we like we said, it features a lot of characters. Well, pretty much all the surviving characters from uh, the franchises. Not doesn't really touch on any of those uh, other survivors from the Evil Dead. So again, the Evil Dead. Uh, yeah. I guess there is no survivors at this point because the TV show doesn't exist. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just Ash at this point. So guys, Matt, what's up? Thoughts and opinions on this comic coming from say, an outside perspective. I gotta say, uh, I I feel like I'm really not only out of my comfort zone with this one, but also like kind of out of my depth with this one because. You know, like you said, I, I I just wasn't really like huge on these horror movies. Like I hadn't watched many of them, so I don't know a lot of the characters. But from an outside perspective, I mean it it was a fun comic to read. I mean, there's a lot of gore. Oh my god, a lot of gore. And the fight scenes I feel like were really well done. The massacre scenes specifically with like what was left up. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm reading a comic. These panels book. are exceptionally drawn. Oh, dude, they they really are. Like uh whenever whenever Ash gets back from the grocery store and that chick is just kind of like pinned up on the wall like this and her head is off and on the, uh, on the barbecue pit. I was like, dude, like, I, See, I, and that's I the thing amazed. that these comics can get away with it. The films can is the imagery in some of these kills. It can just go so beyond the realm of anything possible. Absolutely. And I gotta say, like, at first I was, I was kind of skeptical. Like whenever you sent me the email for this, uh, comic, I was like, a horror comic? I, I, I don't know. 
And then I was like a Jason, Freddie, and Ash comic. Like, I know on the surface level who Freddie and Jason are just because I've seen like one Friday the 13th movie and like one Nightmare on Elm Street movie. No clue who Ash is. Like, And, and we'll change that for our Patreon exclusive show, which we'll announce at the end of the episode. Will. We definitely will. Uh, I will. I feel like I need to do a little more research on these guys just so I can have like more more stuff to really talk about whenever episodes like this come up. And that will just definitely take more time on my part to watch these movies. But uh, Ash's character seems really cool. Not gonna lie, like he seems like a really <laughs> he, he seems like a really charismatic guy. All right, and, yeah, and I'm digging, yeah, I'm digging the like that. I'm digging the uh, like, yeah, bro. I'm digging the robot arm thing he's got going on. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What? what if we said that he got that because he had to cut off his own hand? Ooh. Because his ex-girlfriend bit him. Jesus. And then and his, his hand, hand started to beat him up. And possessed and started beating the shit out of him. <laughs> so he had to cut off his own hand. And really? Because he kept crawling around and fucking with him. Yeah. That's crazy. I fucking love the evil bad man. <laughs> it's stuff like this that, like, oh my god, bro! Like, I gotta check this out now. Like, <laughs> here, hold on, hold on. That's hold on. crazy, bro. Oh, he's getting his toes. Oh my god, we got it. an Ashford. Evil dad. I, I think I think I've seen the uh, remake, but I don't remember Ash being in it. Was he in it? No, he spoke. He was Did supposed he? to be at the end. Oh, uh, wasn't he? I, I, I remember. Was. I remember you sending me pictures of this book whenever you got it. Necronomicon mm-hmm. the book of the dead bound in flesh and written in blood that's fucking Amazing. cool man the page is all written up too there's 25 pages each of them taken from different screen grabs from evil dead all the way to army of darkness and we also have the wonderful uh vine rape oh do we <laughs> you're the devil's bitch now <laughs> So, so, so I'm confused. Like, what what's so special about the Necronomicon? Because you know, I don't have the backstory. Okay, so this book, mm-hmm. this book, however, whatever mythology, whether you're an HP Lovecraft fan or an Evil Dead fan, this book is the centerpiece of a lot of horror films. Mm-hmm. This creates everything. Reading from this causes so many cool stories to happen. Holy shit, awesome. Thank you, Jan. Shout out to Jan Miller, longtime listener and supporter of Project Louder. She listens to about every single goddamn. Absolutely. Thank you for the feedback. So, so like, where does he get his power, though? Like, how huh, this it special? Yeah. Uh, Bound in Flesh, Written in Blood. So it was made by like a bitch or like a voodoo person or what? Uh, yeah, just evil. Just gotcha. Evil. So you All read right. from a passage, and that brings out a demon. You read from the next passage, that brings out a different demon. And gotcha. you read another passage, it might bring upon the entire end of civilization. So, so that kind of explains why this comic, like whenever uh, the government opens up the book, it releases Freddy and Jason back into the world. Or Jason was already alive, but it released Freddy back into the world. I believe that that's part of the continuation of the comic that came before this that I was not aware of, which we'll have to do in a further into like a like another episode oh dude definitely definitely but uh thank you for recommending this comic it, it was definitely a solid one for us absolutely mm-hmm. I, I was like i said i was very skeptical because never done a horror I've, comic or anything i'm actually glad that we finally got to talk about the freddy versus jason versus ash comic series because mm-hmm. growing up i kept seeing clips and pictures of it on the internet and i was like i have to i have to read this 
mm-hmm. but I could never uh, afford it because it was being as it's like a limited print thing. Mm-hmm. It was always pretty pricey and it was always kind of hard to find. So I never got my hands on it. Yeah, no, I understand. A, a lovely man came along and said, "Here, child, have it. <laughs> <laughs> you. behold my child and read." <laughs> it it was definitely a really good read uh i'm very confused on how jason comes back to life but i'm I'm sure the movie's explaining he basically does whatever his mom tells him to do Mm -hmm. um whether that is you know his mom actually talking to him him, or all in his head and he's just crazy Mm -hmm. um he always listens to whatever his mom tells him to do Gotcha. Um, I think the hardest part for from like a writing perspective is is writing this and allowing it to make sense with each franchise's continuity Mm -hmm. and established rules. These are three giant like franchise horror franchises. So they're all very different. All three, you know, and whether it's what everyone really wanted or not. I think this is the best that we're going to get. Yeah, I agree. Can we talk about the coloring on the, on these fucking panels too? Oh, dude. Like it is perfect. Fuck. The, the blood was amazing. Like just yep. the color of it. Like, oh dude, like props to the guy that actually drew this. Like I, I could never even dream to be that artistic with how beautiful oh, this stuff it, looked. It worked a couple frames here and like a couple panels here and there where like if you see you're looking at a character from the distance they kind of look like a potato but like can, you can only do so much i mean you know? yeah but those are also characters in the background this is the same stuff that we were talking about back when we reviewed parallel yeah. you know they, they're kind of whenever you're drawing a comic book all the people in the background it's kind of like how in a movie they change the focus to where it's only on the main character and everybody in the background is kind of blurred in a comic book they're just the people in the background are kind of half-assed drawn so that you know they're in the background, but they don't really. Yeah, I, it's still something I have to get used to. Even I gotcha. you know, before in it, it's, I, I never was a comic book kid. Gotcha. But that's the point of the show. It's like, Absolutely. hey, I'm going to take a dude who knows a lot about comics and a lot about kaijus, and I'm going to make a show because I want to listen to that. And guess Absolutely. what? Here we are nine episodes later. <laughs> With a great following, by the way. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you guys got quite the uh, – the following these days, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty proud of you. Yes, sir. I'm pretty proud to actually hop over on that uh, Q&A on Patreon, not going to lie. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Quarter J is going to be on it, boys. Also, the Project Louder Podcasting Awards will be coming up soon. Ooh, make sure and check that out, guys. We put in our votes. Yeah, it'll be a live show. Uh, pretty exciting. It was something that we kind of voted internally. We have over 30 people here at Project Louder that help donate to the site and everybody kind of the link got spread around and stuff. So those will be announced on a show that'll be hosted by big bad beetle bros, Cameron Lee. And I think can't remember who else who's co-hosting it. I can't remember. who announced. I can't remember the fuck's co-hosting. Is it you Cameron? No, no. I, I know. I, I was oh, you guys said, "Hey, Cam, you hosting this?" I think. Oh, John, John, John's gonna host it with us. Oh, John's gonna host it. Oh, bro. Either John I, or Steve. One of those I, guys I, were gonna host it. I don't know, but it will happen. It'll be on Project Louder. It'll absolutely. be great. 
Oh, I'm definitely uh, going to have to show them some love then. I uh, want to bring on celebrity presenters. I want to bring on some of my friends that I met in film to like record videos and play them and be like, so winner for best audio podcast of 2020 was, yeah. Uh, that'd be amazing. My personal favorite would be like, get somebody that like means something to you guys and have them insult you. I think that would be the greatest. If you can get Ryan Reynolds to insult me, uh, uh, yeah, I could die a happy man. Like I'd love to get CJ <laughs> Graham. I'd love to get CJ Graham to call Cameron a piece of shit. Oh, I he's such it. a nice guy, though. I he was know. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> he was so nice to me when I met him. Please don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll get Nick Castle to like fucking do something. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I do will just ruin it. Come on, pull yeah. it. Pulling John Bernthal to put on his like uh, drill sergeant voice and yell at me. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay the guy who uh, plays Green Arrow to just shoot low blows at Quarter J. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Amell, uh, my my favorite show, Arrow. Come on, man. Come hey, uh, did you famously <laughs> dress up as Arrow once? <laughs> uh, not just once. <laughs> just Bro. make me harder to come to my house during like the episode. And kick you in the nuts. I, I just, oh, yeah. dude, dude. I, I just want to say. The, the the amount of impact that that show had on me and that character in general, because I loved the Green Arrow before the show came out. When the show came out, I was like, yes, like I, I got to watch that it. That really allowed you, like I'm noticing from like a standpoint of you watching that show, mm-hmm. watching you get like super excited from that and then going into Titans. Like it, it just sunk you yes, into yes. this TV universe that is DC. It really did. And like yeah. Titans is so good. But on fucking, like the amount of impact that this thing had on me was uh it was senior year of high school and i had my first job you know and i saved up and i bought a season five like screen accurate costume to arrow and fucking halloween came by and i was like one of the only motherfuckers to dress up on halloween at my school bro and i was in full green leather as oliver queen I got so many pictures taken of me that day. The, like one of the only other people that dressed up on Halloween uh, was this one chick that brought one of those uh, inflatable T-Rexes. Like, you know, those huge inflatable T-Rex costumes. That was like yeah. the only other person to dress up. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was yeah, so much fun. I dressed up as Jason Voorhees for uh, Halloween. It was so much fun. Like, and it, it kind of like, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, dude, all these people like, you got to still be a kid at heart to really enjoy life. Like you got to dress up on Halloween. You got to have fun with this shit, but back to the comic. I yeah. Let's actually, <laughs> I was hoping actually camera could explain something to me or TJ as well. Uh, there was a scene in the comic where Freddie was talking to Jason and he like, he was saying that like the Necro- Necronomicon was part of Freddie because of how long Freddie was in there or whatever. And he said this like spell and Jason's skin was all fixed from like weird corpse looking to like, you know, normal human. And he just got this incredibly long flow of hair. Like it was almost. That's just almost, that he read a passage from the book. He read a passage from the book. So Simple that is that we so don't know what it does. It just restored him then. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I was really confused. I was like, Jason was like, and Jason goes to hell. No matter what anybody says, so I'm about to piss people off that listen to this show. <laughs> Adam Marcus and Jason Goes to Hell uh, established that Jason is a deadite, so that he was created by the Necronomicon. So Pamela or Elias read from the book, resurrected him, and then allows him him to transfer bodies at will. 
and be reborn again. So his vessel changes, which is why Jason his look changes from movie to movie or from gotcha. comic to comic. So for him, his body to be destroyed and be regenerated by the Necronomicon, that's nothing out of the norm seeing that gotcha. he was created by that, that very book. Gotcha. Okay. See, and that that's like, that kind of answers it completely. One of the other questions I had, because, you know, looking on this from an outside perspective, uh, I'd have to say the most notable badass in this other than Ash was Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis is the he is like the arch nemesis of Jason in okay. four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. He pretty much you see him as a kid, he kills Jason, and then Jason haunts him as a ghost in five, and then he accidentally resurrects Jason in six and has to kill him again. <laughs> so he's the only character that kind of comes back again and again and again and then kills Jason. Yeah. So That's he's like he's the arch nemesis. There's so, fan films about it. So that, that kind of explains uh, one line that came from it. There was this like really cool scene where him and Jason were like squaring up against each Did other. Did he call him a pussy? I don't think so. God damn it. I love it when he calls him a pussy. But, or he might have. I'm, I'm not really sure. But there was like this line he of dialogue. There was this line of dialogue where he was like, Jason, you just keep coming back again and again. Yeah. And you keep trying to kill me again and again. And he said it with like a, like a confident swagger about him. And he was like, and you keep trying to kill me again and again, but like, you'll it. never kill me. You will never be able to do it. <laughs> and I was just like, this normal ass human really just squared up against what, from my perspective. Is- oh, he is not normal. That He's that not- boy has been through hell. <laughs> true. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, but I mean, he's still just a powerless human squaring up against, you know, from my perspective, what would be very similar to an immortal, you know? And, I'm, and he's just confidently being like, fuck you, you can't kill me. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, he survived three other times, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure he kind of earned that swagger then. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was a scene like that. And then there was this really cool scene where Freddy was in the White House and he was like, as the president, and then he transformed into Freddy and he was like, now sleep tight, America, because after I kill all these people and get all their souls, I'll be able to visit every Elm Street across the world. Uh, that was probably... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect to see George Bush appear. In this. Yeah, it was straight up George Bush. Like he went from George Bush. Fucking and, and I saw that. I went to the next page. And I was like, <laughs> George <laughs> Bush. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was really an interesting read and it makes me kind of want to just, it, it, honestly, like, I'm not going to lie, bro. Just, kind of dipping my toe into the waters here yeah. and what I got from it makes me just want to jump in. Matt? Yes. J- Jason goes to hell's on HBO Max. I'll have to check it out. I, you know what? <laughs> I'm not busy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, you don't have to watch any of the other movies before it because mm-hmm. I we literally just explained everything to you. Yeah. So, so when yeah. Jason shows up at the beginning mm-hmm. and then you're and you know, it won't affect, it won't affect you. The, the, the beginning, the, the way it affects Cameron and I, or, mm-hmm. or it did affect Cameron and I, because you're going into it a different viewpoint. So I'm interested to see. You watch that, let us know, because I think you'll love the characters, especially Duke and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you'll, you'll really dig it. I love that film. I collect props from that film. Uh, I have a special connection to that film. I'm good friends with uh, director Adam Marcus. Mm-hmm. I was lucky to be a part of the the documentary that they're filming and uh, help raise funds for that. And I mean... Okay. Yeah, fuck, fucking right. If you get a chance to watch that film, I'd love to talk to you about it. So, oh, that's yeah. amazing, man. I, I'd definitely be down to talk to you about that, bro. I don't, I don't think. 
Uh-oh. You've never watched it, you fucking bitch. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> no, you watched the, the first 15 minutes. You've you've already... I did. I watched the first 15 minutes, but I didn't... And then you shut it off. You're like, it just didn't feel like that for me. And I was like, you gotta watch the whole fucking thing! Not <laughs> fucking <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> You're just... Uh... So, so, Cameron, what was your favorite panel? My favorite panel? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot because there's always a lot happening mm-hmm. in this. Um, I I'd probably I have to if I can pull some up. Yeah, I would probably. <laughs> it wants to fucking work. The Freddy <laughs> pulling the chick's skin off skin off of him. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I can't show that, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I like uh the the scene where Jason's in the box. Car. You know what? That that's a hard question when you read six issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a hard yeah. question. Okay, so we'll <laughs> all around issue then, because <laughs> mine's got to be between the first one and the issue where they're fighting outside the white house like the last issue i'd have to say it's between those two outside the white house for me so what would you say cameron um i'd probably have to go with uh the first one first or second one ah love cole hogarth's text i hope i'm saying that last name right apologize if i'm saying it wrong Uh oh what did he say now just one of cameron's friends Ah. yes yes that's one another one of my reenacting buddies what do you say it's where we had uh yeah like that has to be one of my, f- yeah, mm-hmm. that ending. No, yeah. it was such a good, it was such a good scene in the comic, and I love this coming from a comic with a lot of really good slaughter scenes. And I gotta say, like it definitely, I, like I said, when I first went into this, I was really worried about how they were gonna portray like a slasher horror in a mm-hmm. comic, but they really got a spot on. Like they really did exactly what I would expect from one. Jason goes to hell issues one through three. Sexy. See, horror comics, they exist. They exist. They're just not as... Are those pretty hard to find? Yeah, they, they still... Uh, what if I told you my glow in the dark still glows in the dark? Right? 20, uh, 27 years later. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. If you turn off the lights in the studio, the hockey mask glows on the wall. It's awesome. <laughs> I do have a favorite. I do have a favorite panel. Okay. All right. It's a scene where the tank busts into the White House. Yes! <laughs> Shoot yeah. Freddy point blank in the fucking face. Just Ash is fucking piloting the tank, bro. Yeah. Oh, that was such an amazing scene. Because he just blows through while Jason and Freddy are fighting and just goes fucking full-blown, you know, Trinity dodge this bullshit with a goddamn tank. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely was a really solid panel. So let's get into our rating on this one. You know, we got we got a lot of my talk about it from like an outside point of view, but Cameron. You're you're really big on this horror stuff. You know a lot of these characters and stuff. What would you say? Like, how would you rate this comic? Um, you know, I'm probably gonna have to give it an eight out of ten because I think they handled the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash uh, premise to the best of their ability. Um, I'm sure it's what a lot of fans wanted to see—a full-out rumble at the very end. You know? Oh yeah, just an absolute shit show of a fight. <laughs> I just can't shoot what the fuck. 
An- another Matthew that's also a Jew. Whoa! <laughs> you can only have one. You got we're gonna uh, we're gonna get Matt to smoke weed on the show. It's gonna be comics and high Jews. That is such good wordplay. I love that. <laughs> now, now I feel like I legally have to. <laughs> so I'd have to say, from an outside perspective, not really knowing much about horror, just because I don't know really a lot. Rated as a comic, Matt. Rated as a comic. As a comic, the as artwork. The artwork was amazing. The story made sense. They did a good job tying together why everybody was at the spots they were when they fought and why they were actually fighting each other was also a really good blend. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely like get a feel for just the amount of history that goes on through these characters. And I'd say because of that, yeah, definitely like a seven or an eight. Depends on the grade. Depends on the grade. <laughs> <laughs> so we all just going to give this eights? I mean, yeah, I was thinking seven or an eight, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of what I think for it. Not going to lie. Okay, eight out of ten high juice. Eight out of ten high juice. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So we got, we got baby Godzillas and high juice. High juice, there we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely a great Now it needs to be baby, be baby Godzilla with a yarmulke smoking a joint. Yeah, oh, yeah. And like, and like, yeah, we gotta get a graphic for that, TJ. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you for like pointing me in the direction of this comic, man. Like, such That's a good it. one. Like, well, I hope that this spawns you to be like, "Want to watch Evil Dead too now? I want to watch Jason Goes to Hell." I, I honestly do kind of want to watch Evil Dead now that I hear they had to cut off his own hand and that he's kind of a Evil badass Dead. in that comic. <laughs> And like Stephen Freeman and Kimball, like they're and Jason goes to hell. So like you'll see why why those characters are important. And yeah. like uh if you watch Evil Dead, you'll see you'll definitely see why Ash is important. And Evil Dead Two yeah. is a straight up comedy horror film. So gotcha. Have, like I said, I'll have to check these out for sure, man. So uh let's get into our uh, outro for this. TJ, you said you had some announcements that you wanted to make. Yes. So uh Matt and I will be doing kind of like a TV retrospective show over on Patreon. It's going to be a monthly thing. It's going to be called Capes and Cadavers. We're going to do a TV show where we're going to watch a couple episodes. Uh, and we're going to talk about it and it's going to be horror themed or it's going to be superhero themed. So we can watch arrow then we can watch X-Files and then we can watch swamp thing. And then we don't have to talk about anything. And then we don't have to talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> so t- that type of thing that will be over on the Patreon. And of course that will happen in time. Once, once a month type stuff. Don't want to flood it too much. Want to accumulate jive turkeys over there before it's thanksgiving so you know how it is absolutely well uh thank you for guesting on the show uh we tried our thanks for having me on guys it's truly an honor to come on here and i always have fun talking to you guys that's amazing man that's amazing i have to say like i got the same thing like whenever i heard you were on it bro i was like stressed now i was like oh we got it this has to be perfect we got it we got to sculpt around a schedule we got to get tj on here you know, I, I don't want to miss the opportunity to have TJ on here yet again. This was literally back to back with Rabbit Hole this week. So absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And thank you for stopping by. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah, no, please, uh, please come back. <laughs> please come back. Please. Come back. <laughs> we we enjoy having you. Uh, I think this this uh, first time video episode went. Thanks, great. Jen. Oh, thank you, Jen. Uh, couldn't have gone uh, better. Pretty went went pretty smooth. Uh, I feel like the only thing that would have made this episode just that extra 
and extra mile would have been awesome. missing the double A, baby. We're missing Austin, bro. Yeah, yeah. We need him <laughs> back. We need him back on. Absolutely. But hey, we got our videos going up now. Video episodes with Austin, Cameron, and me. Check it out, guys. We're on it. Absolutely. So we're gonna finish the show the way we do every comics and kaiju's, baby, with Absolutely. a little shot of tequila.